everyone, and welcome to Spirit-Led Hope. My name is Glenn Erickson, and in this episode, we're looking at Gifts of Healing and the Froggy Dance. Now, I'm going to confess right up front that I find the Gifts of Healing to be a very challenging topic. And there is some irony in this, because I'm a pastor in the Foursquare denomination, and the roots of our denomination include services by Amy Semple McPherson, where hundreds of people were miraculously healed. The reason I struggle with this topic is because of what we looked at in the last two episodes. We know that bad things happen in the world today, and Christians are not immune to suffering and disease. In the last episode, I interviewed my wife, who is living with stage four cancer. It's because of things like this that we need to live in the tension of two opposites. Now, on one side, we know that God heals people. In fact, we know that Jesus is our healer by what Isaiah spoke. Here's what Isaiah said. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrow, yet we esteemed him as stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace, and with his stripes we are healed. Okay, that was from Isaiah chapter 53, verses 4 through 5. Jesus demonstrated both his desire and his ability to heal as part of his ministry. We do not need to doubt the heart of Jesus to heal us and to make us whole. In fact, we have James, the brother of Jesus, affirming this. And this is what James wrote. He wrote, Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. That's found in James chapter 5, verses 13 through 15. So these verses we just read, and others like it, are in opposition to many other verses that say we're going to suffer and that everyone is going to die. Now, clearly, if we're all going to die, we are not going to be healed at every moment from every sickness. And what we see as we look at the tension in these verses is that Christians will be healed, but it may not happen until after we physically die. So the promises of Scripture for our wholeness are true, but we may need to wait for them. And there is a tension in that. In the meantime, while waiting for our ultimate healing, we do experience moments where God heals us. I find it interesting that in the list of the nine gifts of the Spirit we find in 1 Corinthians 12, the expression used for healing is plural. In other words, there are gifts of healing. If we look at ourselves honestly, we can see that there are many things in our lives that need healing. And it's not just physical things like cancer or you know broken bones. It includes emotional wounds, broken relationships, sinful patterns, loneliness, hopelessness, mental health, demonic oppression. You go ahead and fill in the blank of an area where you need healing. 
because we all need healing in some area of our lives, and gifts of healing may be used in any of these places. That's why it's gifts plural. I think the idea of healing is easy to understand, and we certainly recognize it when we see it. But I believe it's not something we can fully comprehend. I like what a friend of mine said in a recent sermon. He mentioned that there are mysteries surrounding the gifts of healing, and I think that's a good way to say it. If you look through Scripture, you will see that healing happens in many ways and requires faith. Sometimes God uses the faith of the one seeking healing. Other times, God uses the faith of friends and family for the one being healed. Sometimes it's God's faith, and he sovereignly steps in to heal someone. If you look at Jesus, sometimes he touches someone for healing. Other times, he you know, simply speaks a word. We also know that God heals through doctors and medical procedures. Sometimes we're healed without doing a thing. Other times, an action is involved, and healing has nothing to do uh, with our worthiness to receive healing because none of us are worthy compared to God. Again, there are mysteries around this gift. Because we can all just ask God for healing, we sometimes forget, I think, there are gifts of the Spirit for this. The Holy Spirit may choose to work through us to bring healing to someone else. And like all gifts of the Spirit, the when and the who and the how and what gets healed is up to the Holy Spirit. Sometimes when it comes to the gifts of the Spirit, we can get so worried about doing it right that we become paralyzed. And when it comes to healing, you know, we may often feel like we don't have enough faith. I prayed for a person for healing one evening and they died a few days later. Things like that can mess with your faith if you don't have a correct understanding of healing. But remember, we just need to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit, and the results are up to Him. The person that died may not have been physically healed at that moment, but I do know other types of healing took place. And again, we live in the tension that not all healing takes place how we want it and when we want it. We place our trust in God believing that the Holy Spirit knows what he's doing, and that's who we follow. To give you an idea of how amazing God is when it comes to healing, let me tell you about a man I will call Jerry the Healer. Now, I'm calling him Jerry because I don't remember his name, but he reminded me of the late comedian Jerry Lewis, who was well known at the time this took place. With gifts of the Spirit, we often see that some people function in one or two gifts on a regular basis. And Jerry was often used by God to bring healing, so much so that he had a reputation as a healer and would travel from church to church, ministering in the gifts of healing primarily uh, for physical conditions. When I heard that Jerry was coming to a church near where I lived, I was excited because I have a hunger to see God work. And I was looking forward to watching God do some healing miracles. Now, I admit that I also had an ulterior motive. My spine was damaged from a childhood injury, and I would get these flare-ups in my upper back about twice a year. If you've ever had 
uh, back or neck injuries, you know how debilitating and painful they can be. I was having one of those flare-ups, and I was hoping that God would heal me while I was there. The service was in a small church, and there were only about 50 to 75 people there. And I ended up sitting a couple of rows back from the front, off to the side, with no one close to me. The pastor of the church welcomed everyone, and then he introduced Jerry. When I saw Jerry, my heart sank. This guy was strange. He had odd mannerisms, and he would grin ear to ear in the goofiest way and at the goofiest times. Then Jerry started teaching, and I think his teaching was supposed to build faith for the time of healing that would come later, but it had the opposite effect on me because his teaching was just doctrinally bad. There was one point where Jerry spoke about spiritual gifts, and he talked about the gift of speaking in tongues. And then it got strange. He decided to demonstrate speaking in tongues by doing an Elvis impression. And there Jerry was, up on the platform, singing Hound Dog in an Elvis voice in tongues. I have never seen anything else quite like that in a church. It was so wrong, it was so bad, that I almost got up and left. But something made me stick around. I wanted to see if anyone would get healed. Because to me, it seemed impossible that God would heal anyone. By my thinking, if God healed someone, it would validate Jerry's teaching of bad doctrine. And I just could not imagine God giving any validity to what I'd just seen. The teaching was so flaky, and Jerry's mannerisms were simply goofy. You know, as a comedy routine, it would have been hilarious. But as a teaching about God, it seemed uh, inappropriate and just too wrong. At the end of the teaching, Jerry moved into the healing part of the service and said a few more things that I think, again, were meant to build faith. But again, they just had the opposite effect for me. There was no way I had any faith for healing, and I certainly did not want Jerry ministering to me. Finally, Jerry was ready to minister in healing, and people who wanted healing raised their hands. Because I was off to the side, I couldn't see what was happening, but people were crying and praising God as Jerry prayed for them. And all I could think was that these people were as crazy as he was. Now, eventually, Jerry prayed for every person that raised their hand, and I thought the service would finally be over. But then something very unexpected happened. Jerry began walking over to me, and he stopped right in front of me. Now, there was no one around me. I was all alone. But Jerry just asked, who over here is feeling pain in their back? And this created a problem for me. I was the only one sitting there, and my back really did hurt. I didn't want to lie, but I had zero faith in this man. I figured that he had just made a lucky guess because many people do have back pain. And I decided that I would play along. From that moment on, my goal was to expose Jerry as a fraud. I was going to prove to everyone in that room that Jerry was a fake healer. So I looked at Jerry and I told him that, yes, I was experiencing back pain. 
And he looked right back at me and he kind of barked, stand up. So I stood up, although very reluctantly. And then it got odd again. With a very serious expression, he asked me if Benny Hinn had ever prayed for me. If you don't know who Benny Hinn is, Benny Hinn was a very popular televangelist at that time with a healing ministry. And it seemed such an odd question that I lost my temper and I barked right back at Jerry. I said, no, Benny Hinn has not prayed for me. And by now it was clear that I was pushing back on Jerry and that, frankly, I had lost control of any form of civility. But that did not seem to phase Jerry. He looked at me again and he ordered me to jump up and down and touch my toes. And for me, that was the last straw. I mean, what a stupid thing to ask. And then it occurred to me, all I had to do was carry out these instructions to prove that God did not use Jerry in healing. Jump up and down, touch my toes. You got it, Jerry. I'll jump up and down for you, Jerry, but I'll make fun of you while I do it. So I proceeded to jump up and down in the craziest fashion I could think of. It started out where I sort of hopped and flapped my arms like a turkey, and I even made some gobbling noises. I'm about six foot six, and there was some impressive wing flapping going on. And then picture a frog standing upright with you know, bent arms and legs doing the sort of dance a puppet on a string might do. I was doing the froggy dance like crazy. And why was I doing this? Because I wanted everyone to see how ridiculous and how silly Jerry looked. Yeah. At this point, Jerry had to know I was making fun of him. Then I reached down, and just like he asked, I touched my toes. When my fingers touched my toes, my supreme belief in my intellectual understanding of God suffered a fatal blow because there was heat. This warm and luxurious heat started in my lower back and traveled up my spine. And when the warmth reached the spot of pain between my shoulder blades, all the pain went away. The movement in my neck and back returned. So um, I stopped making noises. I sat down. I was a stunned and humbled man. I was a healed man. And I was a very confused man. How had I been healed? It sure wasn't because of my faith. And it sure wasn't because of Jerry's doctrinally sound teaching. But I was healed. In that moment, God healed me physically in my back, but he also healed me of arrogance and an over-reliance on my intellect. I've thought about that moment for decades, and I've had a lot of conversations with God about it. Here's where I've landed. Even though Jerry was strange and his teaching was off, you could tell that he loved Jesus. And Jerry loved people. It was obvious. Now, I'm not saying that God doesn't care about our doctrinal beliefs, 
But I realized that God is not as concerned about the appearance of validating error in a ministry as I am. I believe God looked at Jerry's heart and saw all those things that I could not. And through the power and presence of the Holy Spirit, Jerry, a flawed man, worked in concert with the perfect God, and people were healed. I want to wrap up this episode by pointing out that we are all like Jerry to some extent. No one fully understands God, and because of that, no one can be doctrinally perfect or always act the right way. We are all called to learn and grow in our relationship with God and our understanding of Him, and we're on this journey together. If you believe that the Holy Spirit is asking you to minister to someone with the gift of healing, I encourage you to take a step of faith and respond to the Holy Spirit's prompting. See, it gives me great hope to know that God will use us even though we are not perfect and even though we don't understand all the mysteries surrounding healing. We just need to do the part that God asks of us and he will take care of the rest. In this episode, we discussed some of the mysteries surrounding healing and looked at an example showing how God will use us even if we are not perfect. In our next episode, we will look at the gift of faith. As always, if you have any comments, suggestions, questions, or want to share a part of your story, please email me at glenn with two N's at spiritledhope.com or simply use the contact form at spiritledhope.com. That's spiritledhope.com. Be encouraged that God works through us as we are while we are growing to be more like Jesus. And now, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Until next episode, take care.